11. There he goes, my buddy. Jesus, I look forward to that now. I, I get all limp if you don't do it. I know it. <laughs> Three, two, one. 11 o'clock comics, episode 257. Another week. Uh, planes, trains, and owners will stay in my pants. Really? Really? Is it that bad? Here it comes at 4 in the morning. We're a 7 o'clock flight. That didn't take off at 10 o'clock. We got the jersey driving out of the airport. Epic jacked up roads. Weather changed temperatures. Like I hit the potholes of potholes. Flat fire like I'm gone. Pull over to the side of the highway. Luckily, I have run flat tires. I get out, look at the tires, and see if there's a picture I need to take out of it. Oh my god, I don't know if I'm going to do this. So, the EMW service comes, he guy comes and looks at it, he's like, well, he's like, I can either take you to my, to, you know, to our dealership, which is like, you know, near Newark. He's like, and, uh, you know, then you'll have to, like, get a loaner and then come pick it up. And he's like, we're, he's like, it is a run flat. He's like, you could try and, you know, drive it to your dealer near your house, which was like 25 miles. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to try it. He's like, you know, if, if he's like, if it starts, you know, if you, if you start getting, you know, not handling it, if, if the tire starts not handling, you can always pull back over. So I drove to my dealership, but, uh, and then stayed there for three hours until they fixed the car. So mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a total wasted day. Three hours to fix a tire. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, yeah, run, run flats oh. are weird. I, my work wife had to get rid of his because the, <laughs> no, he was he was telling me that uh, they, I, I don't know if they had it, I think that on the minivan and the the little mom and pop the auto place that he goes to to get his oil change and his inspections and shit like that. He doesn't have the machine to replace the tires on on run flat wheels. So I know that they can be. They're not at. You can't just like roll into like some gas station. They may not be right. able to remove the, the yeah. The I mean, tire, so. I mean, I, I went to. I always go to the dealership because you know we have like a service contract. But they had the tire. It's just that it takes. It's it's that I was unexpected. Right? I didn't have a. I didn't have an appointment. So yeah. oh, they got to so kiss like, it and like, stuff. Last man in line, line type you of know. thing. Right. You know. You know. You know this. Hey, I'm everybody. Here to help my boys. That's right. Yeah. From a long a long week of uh, being away for business, I'm here to to talk. Wrestling with you guys. <laughs> oh, I think I think we pissed off as many people as we pleased last. I week. got I got text messages like the next day. It's like Chris, you got real quiet there for um, about an hour, and it's like yeah, not and a it was fan. not an hour. You weren't talking about singing oh, forty minutes. It was ten minutes, dude. Oh, it was closer dude, it was to like a day. I can pull it up. <laughs> it's you know you know whenever whenever something hurts and it feels like it's a lot longer than it really is. Oh boy! Yeah, it, was like, it, was, it was it was good now. It was All good right. hour. Stif- it was not stifle. Only close, if close to no, an hour. if this was wearing singlets and headgear, then, then Chris can get into it. Hey everybody! I mean, uh, real wrestling. Strap in because it's eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred fifty-seven, and I'm Vince B. Not that that's uh, an Olympic sport anymore because the asshole IOC. Hi, I'm Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Angry Chris. As if they didn't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, indeed, and I am Mean Gene Okerlund. 
Sid's a wrestler. <laughs> no, well, he didn't he used to be a wrestler? Do we need to change the name of the cast? It no, it's the fun cast. No, you're not mean Gene Okerlund. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And you, one place where you don't have to wrestle for good prices is discount comic. I'm going to do it every week. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com where you can get your funny books and collectibles at huge, massive discounts. Check this out from Image Comics. It is the first trade paperback collection of the Nick Spencer-Riley Rosmo joint called Bedlam. Hmm. It collects issues 1 to 6. Cover price is $9.99. They like to put them uh, out on the cheap for the first editions, which means you can get a copy for half off, which is $4.99 for six issues. Where are you going to go, right? From Boom, Clive Barker's back, and he's got a horror comic, well, I'm assuming, a horror comic with him called New Genesis. This is the first issue of 12, uh, co-written by Mark L. Miller, art by Hami Zhang. It's $3.99 cover price, your price a dollar ninety nine. Last but not least, that crazy John Byrne who's picking fights with Eric Larson on the Twitter uh, is releasing another four issue miniseries. This one's called Doomsday Point One. First issue, you can have it for a dollar ninety nine. If you know IDW, you know that's half their regular cover prices. DCBService.com. If you are a first-time customer, enter the following code into the pre-moistened slot and get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, what's that code? EOC8. EOC8 gets you an extra 8. Remember, if you sneak in under the final order cutoff, that's okay. They'll take your order. You can even bring it in. Heck, two years later, they'll take it. And uh, get your previews digitally. A lousy dollar and some cents gets you a free, not a free, gets you a digital previews that you can read at your leisure and then delete if you want to. You don't have to kill a tree or choke a landfill. It's the best. It's the future. It's DCB Comics Service. DCBService.com. Go there. And guess what? What time of year is it? It's your time of year to drink. It Yes. At where? The damn best comic convention in the whole oh, United yeah. States. It's C2E2 creeping oh, yeah. up on us. Yep. And we're going to be there April 26th to the 28th, uh, 2013 in Chicago at the West Building at McCormick Place. I love yes. that place. It's so beautiful and big. Well, you need a big place for comic fans. It's um, the largest, it's the largest um, uh, convention center in the country. I love it's it. It's over, over 2 million square feet. Vince. Wow, two million. That's like my basement. I know. Yeah, yeah. Baller. Baller. It's like Bob uh, Riedel's basement. And happy, <laughs> happy, happy belated birthday to Bob Riedel. That's true. Yes, yeah. We're talking about him later too. Oh, um, <laughs> among the the <laughs> various uh, guests that are going to be at C two E two, we have Tony Moore, Mike Norton, John Lehman, Jim McCann, Brian Wood, Chris Burnham, Andy oh, Diggle, who just vacated uh, Action Comics, from what I hear. Amanda like Connor. Yeah. Make it, which never had. Paul Cornell, Rick Remender, Kieran Gillen, Brian Azzarello, and many, many, many more. As if that was Peter Davidson's going to be there. I was going to get there. If uh, and, and if that's not enough for you, they have entertainment type people there too. Julie Newmar, oh my God, members of the Walking Dead cast, Diamond Dallas Page. CDP. Jake the Snake Roberts, Adam West is going to be there. Brian Pros- Brian Posehn. Uh, you know what? Don't 
get left out in the cold. Get your damn ticket now. A three-day pass is only $55 if you pre-order or $65 at the show. Buying in advance, though, is the only way to guarantee you're going to get in all three days, bitches. That's the truth. Go to C2E2.com and get your tickets. Remember, April 26th through the 28th in beautiful Chicago at the McCormick Place. Be there because we're going to be there. So giddy, dude. Yeah. As soon as curling season is over, I'm going to start getting really excited about this. When is curling season over? Like a week before. Mm. I'm going to be in New Jersey two weeks before C2E2. I know. Jason, David, are you going to come see me? Nope. Aw. Oh, really? I can drive to New Jersey. It's not that far. <laughs> I have what? plans. For you, I would. Single, I have plans every single weekday, weekend day from now until Chicago. I'm coming to New Jersey to curl, and you're not going to come see me. This is very true. That is a true statement. See, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. If you said I'm coming to New Jersey, stop, full stop. <laughs> it might have happened, but then you said I'm you're coming gonna, to New Jersey to curl. You're and I, hurt I, his I feeling. think that's when Jason's kind of. You know, you're not. Sides. You don't get it. You don't get about the curl, Chris. If I lived close, I would be there. I'm even thinking about it, even if I don't live close. I, I'm. I'm thinking about it. Jason, want to be? You go. You'll be well represented. Chris. Jason's gonna be a big old dick. <laughs> Dude, I, can't, I literally have plans every day of every weekend until Chicago. As long as those plans involve your children, I'm okay with that. They Anything do else inevitably involve my children. They always do. Okay. Yeah. Except that's, for this that's... weekend. This weekend doesn't involve my children. Okay. But... It's acceptable. All right. Um, drinky, drinky. Um, only, only if you're not drinking some fucking diet soda this week. Pass. You ask me? Pass it. <sighs> Jason, what are you drinking this week? Diet? No, just kidding. I I felt bad because your heart was broken the last few weeks that I haven't really been drinking was. anything. So, um, I uh, decided to switch it up. I am drinking uh, from Blue Point Brewing Company. Uh, their toasted lager. Ooh, okay. That sounds yummy. That's it's good. Fun. It's a red. It's like an amber lager. A um, little bit higher than normal alcohol content, about five percent. Nice. Um, it's real smooth. I, I would say it's uh, like an unassuming beer. Like it's a, it's it's a beer. Um, kind of in the mold of Loki. It's not like Yingling. I mean, in that it's an amber lager, but it's 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 um it just doesn't have a lot of bite. So it's you could drink a lot of them. Like with, you know what I mean? It's more of like a drinking, like a, a sipping beer. You know, like um, you know. it's not like some beers. You know, are, are great, but they're really distinctive or really strong, and it's almost like an event into itself to have one or two of them. Whereas this is, you know, like you could just be sipping them as you go, like you know, like 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 soda or or water. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Someone's typing frantically these notes. No, I'm. I'm go and, and buy this. No, I'm. I'm doing the EOC live tweet. I forgot a. Um, oh, yeah. oh, so oh, Blue Point okay. toasted lager. Okay, uh, Mr. Price, how about you? Uh, I am finally in in the final hours, minutes of of this head cold congestion thing so i finally have the ability to to taste things now and and uh after drinking brandy for most of the weekend and and even last night i am now i finally broke open the new bottle of buffalo trace and i'm having some of that tonight good for you chris you know i had um as up my buddy mike's uh-huh. Over the the weekend, Daddy yeah, and I had a uh, fifty-five calorie light beer. I don't know what brand it was. It's nasty. Yeah, it doesn't even taste like beer. It's it's one of those. Um, they say it's um, um, 
There's got to be alcohol. It's, it's in like it, but... it's like it's like having sex in a canoe um, <laughs> on the shore. Is that yeah. is that the joke? Yeah, I don't know, but it, it was. It, I mean, I drank it, and it, and it wasn't extremely foul, but it didn't taste like beer. I mean, it just tastes like I was drinking, you know, some kind of bubbly Wonderful. thing that yeah pretended yeah, to be. Yeah, beer. you don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, I've gotten to the point where like Guinness is is a is a nice right. crisp low beer. fat too in Guinness, the lowest fat yeah, I think yeah. of all the uh, the beers, right? Yeah, and yeah. all the alcohol and all the taste. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, but he good. didn't have any Guinness, and then I kicked his ass at cards. So it was good enough. Uh, well, what, well, what are you drinking, sir? <laughs> Diet, Pippin Mac. That's why I didn't say I didn't want to hurt you. Oh God. Okay. Well, I'm making up for you. Um, good. it was my birthday. Um, it was my birthday last week. We wish and, you a uh, birthday on the show. I know. And um, some friends of mine got me a bunch of beers and some bourbon. And one of them, them, their beers, um, is the uh, Magic Hat. Pistol, which is um, uh, it's an ale brewed with dandelion. Ooh. So, yeah, so it's a it's a it's a very flowery, aromatic, um, hoppy ale. Um, a very good summer ale, and it's not summer. It's fucking like ten degrees in yeah, Chicago today. I mean, it was eighty-two degrees a year ago on this date, and yeah. like nothing. Um, yeah, it was. Oh God, it was, it was fucking crazy cold today. So I have to uh, have a um, a glass of um, Woodford Reserve here, mm. along with that ale to, to kind of warm La things up. Do you ever have dandelion soup? Seriously, no, it's no. awesome. It's awesome. That snapper turtle soup. Dandelion soup is my grandma used to make it. It was it's it's awesome if it's made right. Yeah, awesome. So don't cut your grass. Eat it. Thank you. <laughs> So let's do this. Let's talk about some comics. Well, I got some thank yous first. Oh, really? Yes. What'd you get? I might have one. Go ahead. Oh, my um, God. Yep. I got two things. Uh, one is from the ever uh, awesome uh, Andy Tom, who we will be seeing at C2E2. Yeah. He um, sent a gift that's uh, mainly for my, for my boys more than me, but it's for me to read to them, and that is... Um, Hero Bear and the Kid, ah, which, which is uh, Mike Kunkel's uh, creator-owned work that he wrote about a decade ago, and it actually won the Eisner for Best Title for Young Readers uh, in 2003. Yep. Um, and they collected the uh, – it was a six-issue series, and they collected it in a soft cover trade, and he sent me – or actually, he had Mike Kunkel send me a copy of the trade to read to the boys, so that was super awesome. Uh, and Mike actually threw a bunch of swag in there as well, like uh, a couple of signed things. So that was very cool. And he's a good man. Totally. And then the other thing, um, the first time I ever really had any interaction with uh, Dan Pua, Mr. Leaf Insect Man, who lives across the world, the was hell? about two years ago when I put out a call for um, Pokemon cards because my boys were getting interested. And here's this you know awesome guy who we didn't know at very well at the time and sends just a shit ton of Pokemon cards two years ago for my boys that got them started. Uh, and so then, um, you know, we've gotten to know Dan pretty well the last few years. So he sends me today. I got back from my business trip and there's a box from Japan. So I opened it up and Dan ordered from uh, a vendor in Japan for me a, uh, he said it was a belated Christmas present and it's uh, it's from Bandai, but in a Japanese box, and it is a model kit 
a one one in one thousand scale model kit of the space cruiser Yamato. Oh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> really freaking cool, dude! It's so cool. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try and build it with the boys. Beth's going away two weeks before we go to C2E2, so I got the boys for like four days, you know, uh, unencumbered. So I told them that weekend we will sit down and build a freaking Yamato, dude, and then watch some and then watch some Star Blazers to boot. To boot. There we go. So Dan, you the man, buddy. I appreciate it. It's a really awesome, awesome thing. So He's a good guy. I, it's it's. I really hope we get to uh, to meet him at some point. Yeah, well, when we have our world tour and we we go to uh, to down down under, we'll have our EOC tweet up with uh, down in. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Roland can't be the only one who comes over from over there. We got I mean, mad mad we listeners did, down there. I, and yo. Andrew Shaw, I would like to think, might make his way out here. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. Why can't I, uh, Roland just put Dan in his suitcase? You know what? I bet because I think Dan's small, so that that could probably we could probably put him in his pocket. Like a little, like a little fin. Just sew a pocket on your shirt. A uh, little fin and Jake. So, I, I, um, I <laughs> bastard. That, that was nasty. Um, I, I was warned by Dan to keep an eye out, be on the lookout for something uh, that he's sending me, belated Christmas present. Um, and uh, after telling him that that's foolishness and you don't have to do that, um, he did tell me though that he did order it from someone on our side of of the world so at least i know it wasn't going to cost an arm and a leg to get here so uh i received there was an envelope on my stoop when i got home the other day and it was uh it was for vince and that was a um open it up and unfortunately there was nothing written anywhere on who it was from but i have a feeling because of what it is that this is from dan and and i want to thank him for sending me for the ps3 the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Nice. Ooh. Consisting of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. So wow. I cannot wait. I, I had the Metal Gear Solid for um for the first PlayStation, first generation PlayStation, and I never finished it. And and I never But you couldn't I, finish it. Well, yeah, that too. But I was just I I, I tend to just I don't I don't throw the controller at the TV. I don't like get angry. I'm just like if if I get if I get to a point because it happens with a lot of games where if I just can't without cheating without trying to uh, do anything to get around it. If 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 I'm just stuck and and I've I've wasted so much time on it, then I, I just put it down and yeah. and that's it. Maybe I'll go back to it. Maybe I won't. But uh, I am really looking forward to because uh, I haven't played anything on the ps3 in a few weeks so i'm due and when just to keep it in the realm of comics when we say metal gear solid what artist do we think of immediately i'm looking looking at some ashley wood i believe that's right ashley wood just to keep it in the zone you know there you go Mm -hmm. not the wrestling zone no danger zone hey i'm guessing we all read the same thing for this week, yes? My, my, my your travels for this week? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Is this. Oh, dude, oh, dude. I, I I wrote down like a bunch of notes. I was telling Renee about it yesterday. I do believe she is going to buy her own copy within the next couple of days. Dude, he is a freak, dude. Yeah. Um, the guys, of course, uh, are talking about Brian K. Vaughn, who, with um, artist Marcos Martin, just released a pay-what-you-want digital comic 
called, what's it called, David? The Private Eye. The Private Eye, and we all read it for this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stunned that one man can have so many good ideas. I mean, I don't know what uh, what the percentage is in the collaboration, like what Fiona Staples or what Marcos Martin brings to the table, but it seems that... A lot. It seems, no, right, but it seems like Vaughn is just this wellspring of good ideas and well if you if you read the liner notes i did read you you would find that that it's actually kind of marcos martin that had the germ of the idea for it well uh marcos was the one who said when when brian cave on said listen this is what this is this is the idea i have for this story and and once the the gist of how this world came to be came about that's when marcos was like then we need to just make this digital and release it online right that's that's what i got out of but i I, yeah the and another thing that really gets me right from the splash panel it's about a private investigator or private eye with literally eyes in the back of his head i love the cloak the cloak is the 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 best thing it's yeah i liked it a lot um I want to live well, in this lot, world. A lot of social commentary on this. Yeah, and, I, and, oh, definitely. And, yeah, and, and BKV is big on the social social commentary. That's what he's kind of um, that that is that that's kind of his signature. You know, he's become um, very much a, a you know social consciousness guy, and uh, but he never he never forgets how to tell an uh, an interesting story, which is. I, what it's all about. I was entertained through all this. Oh hell yeah! Uh, mostly because of Marcos Martin's art yeah. is just so absolutely gorgeous. But then you know the, a lot of a lot of subtleties, both in the art and the writing, that you had you had to pay attention because there was a there, lot woven in there. There, it a lot to say. There, there, there's you do have to pay attention, but I, I like that it's. It's a pretty straightforward story. There's not, I mean, you're, there's no back matter. There's nothing to try to, to figure out. I mean, because you wove it into the story. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was going to say what you see is what you get, but obviously that's not true. And I, I, I agree with Vince. And I also have to say that the color, that, that Munstavichens' colors have, they have so much to do with this because I, even, when you're looking at the splash page and then the next page, if if you were just following along, if it was just black and white, things might be a little confusing. But because this is a whole world with secret identities, with, with private identities, um, especially the first person we meet who has a secret identity, if if the colors weren't there, I don't think things would have made as much sense. Right. And and, and I mean and, and especially with the dream code and as as you know, it's it's at some form of urban camouflage and and uh it just it bkv's words and and marcos's lines and 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 then most his colors are just it it really does work well together and i know that it's the um panel syndicate.com is where you can go and get it uh you can paypal whatever you want free 99 two dollars five dollars whatever you want they're hoping to um 
make enough so that they can kind of see the story come to 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 its ten issues. There, yeah, that, yeah, that that that's yeah, that that's the goal. Is is an old fashioned maxi series, uh, so for ten issues. So I will I will probably bump up what I pay for issue number two based on what I read in issue number one. Well, so let's talk about. That. I, I think yeah, well, yeah, I mean, what, we what, what, what is so the model? I, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, I what, did. Uh, like so, about the actual issue. Well, let's, I just was curious if we all just talk about like what, what we paid because that's some of the, you know he's you can basically have paid for nothing or you could pay. So I um I paid two fifty, and the reason was is because that's basically what it would cost me to buy a three ninety nine issue at DCBS. Right. So See, I didn't think I, that way. So well, no, that's because you're the smart. First issue, but David mentioned, but this was such high quality, and and because I want to support them directly for the rest of the issues, I'll pay four bucks. Wow! Nice. Yeah, I have a very different uh, opinion than you. Go for it. That's I paid a dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think that that's what a digital comic should cost. Yeah. No, I think that that's why I'm curious. Like again, I don't think you're okay, I don't think I, you're right or wrong. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah that, no. 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 But it, it's fascinating to me because I think you know for a digital for something that isn't tangible but has an, an you know uh, entertainment value of about yeah twenty minutes if you're if it's if it's really good okay that's it's worth a buck. Mm-hmm. Now my I like Chris I paid a buck and my thinking was that it's there were three preview pages, nothing with lettering. I didn't, I, I didn't go by the preview pages, but I didn't know what I was going to be getting. And I figured I'll give it a shot. I like my 99 cent digital sales. I'll give them a buck. And it, right after I finished reading it, I, I didn't, I you felt lamented. a little guilty. You I, lamented. I, I, yeah, I was just like, I, I really, I, I don't know if I can say I shortchanged them, but, and the whole thing is, Pay what you think is fair. I, I didn't know ahead of time how good this was going to be. I, I didn't know it was going to be widescreen throughout. I didn't know the format. I didn't know if we were going to, you know, if it was going to kind of be an anthology or, or where we were going with it. So I says, I'll, I'll do a buck and I'll see where we go from here. And as I'm explaining to Renee the idea of, of, of what private eye is about, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I, I do feel kind of bad. I, I, it's something I would have paid three, four, hell, five bucks for maybe. And, and she goes, all right, so then I'll, I'll buy an issue. So this way, you know, you, you tell me what you think is fair. And then this way they can still. Ah, that's nice. You know, so I mean, it, but it is, it, I, I know that you can obviously, as soon as you click buy now and the window pops up, you can get it for free. You can just, and it's available as a PDF. It's available in three languages, but it's available as a PDF, a CBR, or a CBZ, whichever file preference you have. DRM free, very, right. so very important. important. And what's great is that as soon as I download my digital comics that I can read in Comic Zeal, I throw them up in Dropbox, which is pretty ironic based on this story. And you have um, when 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 you get to the download page, there are links to uh, to free PC. Mac-based comic book readers for your computer. So, I mean, they're making it extremely easy for you to consume this. And uh, I do think it, it's, on one hand, it's like, hey, it's it's a neat model. Support this model. But this is a fantastic comic book. And, and I mean, creators aside, I just, I think this looks and reads great. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more in line to support the work, not so much the model. So, I'm, I'm a little torn as to 
what do I want to see succeed more here? Yeah, I paid uh, two ninety nine based on the strengths of the creators because Brian K. Vaughn nice. has been on a on a fantastic streak and right. Martine's Daredevil is just great. But I didn't have the smarts to factor in my discount like Jason. But I'm I'm kind of I don't care. It, it was definitely mm-hmm. worth three bucks to me. Um, so let's tell them about the story. Let's set this baby up. Um, it takes place in the United States at the time of the tricentennial. So it's uh, 2076. Yes. And uh, personal identity is v- a very closely guarded um, thing because uh, it is a time of fallout. The inter- internet went kablooey. Yeah. Uh, all the data that was I love and I and I love how that was phrased in it that the cloud burst. The cloud burst, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and I, I just mm-hmm. I I thought that that was a a wonderful way to phrase it and and to kind of set what that uh, what that time you know could be like. Yeah, and he, and and um, illustrated by an actual storm going on outside as he was mm-hmm. talking about it was yes. was really smart. But um, so the the cloud went kablooey. All of the data was available for any eyes to see, and yeah, a lot of secrets uh, people thought were uh, very uh, well kept were not so. Uh, a lot of dirt came out on people. So everyone, uh, from what I could tell in society, wears a mask to protect themselves <laughs> yes. from uh, snooping and and, well, and what is you know all of a sudden what is the most. Um most important thing in society privacy privacy yeah that 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 is that is more valuable than you know than than any other commodity and we look at our society now and it's one of the least valuable things in a, in our right. society we we put everything about ourselves out there and i yeah i i obviously that's getting back to the social commentary that I was talking about. Right. It's, it's absolutely, and I love the grandfather. Um, Dude, they, I love his who, tattoos. Who is us? Who is us? Oh my God. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was trying to tell Renee, I was telling Vince this morning, I'm like, you know, grandpa there with his, with his tattoos and it, it, yes, he is us. And he's sitting there with his, with his iPhone or his iPod and I'm looking at his arms and it's like, yeah, dude, you know, that, that guy you see, at the bar, riding his bike or whatever, and and you know who's got the sleeves. I, it, it, there's there's Randy Orton in sixty years. It's just he's he's got just you know the sleeves, and it it kind of looks a little ridiculous on an old dude. But I mean, not to say that. Well, yeah, get it, used to it. <laughs> exactly, you're right, and and I mean, and but at the time when you got those, they were important to you. They meant something. They mattered, and and yeah, it's just. I mean, I, I remember even years ago, but before more people were running out to get tattoos that you know people i mean i my, my old supervisor he had his he had his old um navy tattoos from from vietnam and everything and and you know it did they were faded and they didn't quite look the same and but time goes on and and yeah and and, and gramps is sitting there with with his arms and and up to his neck all tatted up and it was just it was a nice um it was it was interesting to to kind of see that because that that is where so many of us are headed and it's all also about um a revelation like in order for those tattoos to be worth a damn you have to reveal a part of your body like the dude has to go sleeveless in order for you to get the full impact of the the tattoos and if you look at the society in this they're all buttoned up 
Oh yes, Mo- I mean, yeah, you're right. there's clothes, uh, n- um, neck to 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 ankle, and and most of their body parts are concealed. So it kind of blends in well with the the premise that um, people are very reluctant to to reveal parts of themselves in this. And, and when it starts, the the private eye it has been paid to take. Um, photographs or to at least to investigate the identity of a woman who is nothing at all what she appears to be on the surface i mean there's this buxom blonde and she's got got the you know the big knobs and everything and and we see her changing and she pulls the mask off and she's like mousy an average person yeah yeah and and then it starts because i guess um, intruding on the privacy of a person is considered a felony in this time period. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I like that too. And j- just the whole world of this thing, I would be happy as a clam to live in this world. Yeah, did me you, too. Um, did you catch any sort of commentary? And maybe this is just me. I was talking to Sal about it today at work. Did you catch any commentary on the um, the growing cosplay culture? At conventions, oh, not I don't no, I, no, I don't know. Really. I mean, there, there's, there's a spread there. This the the street Crowd scene. Shot? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a. I mean, that's a snapshot of San Diego kids. Oh, okay, all right. Let's I'm look at the process though. Look at those characters. I love Shaggy guy with the big eyes and the yeah. the big red lips. I love yeah. that character. It was, it was so so you guys, you didn't you didn't catch any of that, huh? The only time it ever really came into play is when Pi. Um, chuckled at at the furry coming into his office. That was yeah. the only time I really thought yeah. of, yeah. of everyone pretending to be something that they're not to to you know to hide who they really are. Well, I that's thought the internet also. I mean, go to a forum. There was quite a quite a commentary on on today's comic book convention culture. I, th- I think was was pretty you know was pretty in your face. Maybe it's just me though. I don't. I, t- I guess I took it more of a broad commentary about again, just 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 identity and how the it's going to be such a we're, we're into this amorphous sort of uh, time where people are reshaping their identities and trying to craft different identities for different groups of people. But as we become so much more uh, monitored and and tracked and all the the things that we stand up for, it's so much harder to actually be different people. You know, for a while there on the internet, you know, we always made a joke about um, you know internet beer goggles, right, or internet tough internet muscles. But that's getting harder and harder, man. Like again, like maybe you can pull it off in in a certain subset on like a form or something. But you know, companies, the government, police. I mean, it's it's hard to anything you're you're typing, visiting, putting on. You can convince yourself that it's private, but dude, it's not any very. It's not very private. It's very very easy for someone with any kind of means or motive to figure out everything about you and what you're into and where you're going and. That's a frightening thing, and again, I, I, I've been really. I mean, again, as a father of, of three young, three young kids, I, I mean, this book hit me hard. I mean, I am, I am, absolutely convinced, and I know I'm going to sound like a like a grumpy old man that that we have some pretty major societal issues that need to be addressed, and oh, and God. it's our kids' generation that's going to have to deal with that. But I see it now, like my 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 kids and and all their friends. Are growing up in a world where they don't assume privacy is something that they have, and, no. and they just they go with it. Like What's, they, they, um, they the, um, everything's on the on, available for consumption at all times. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bring it down too much, but you know the the shit that um, 
the Steubenville stuff. Is that Steubenville? The in it's Ohio? Yeah. Rape stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was a byproduct of social media. And, yeah. I mean, these kids do this horrible, heinous act, and it, in one way or another, gets out on, on social yeah. media. And that's, I mean, that's the world that we live in. Is well, that, I posted a thing on Facebook um, as a warning to some of like, just to... Oh, it's Snapchat. Yeah, I mean, a, yeah. a town not far from us, um, a, 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 by all accounts, a, a good, well-behaved, you know, um, you know, kid that uh, gets good grades and has, you know, had a bright future, is being charged with with child pornography because a, a girl sent him, you know, a lascivious Snapchat. Which, for people that don't know, Snapchat's an app that's really being used by kids and I presume other people too, but a lot by kids. You can because it's like a Mission Impossible. They can send a little video of, of themselves, but it, it self destructs. Yeah. So they've been using it to send each other, you know, off color jokes or you know, it's like it's like the modern day version of passing a note to somebody. Only yeah. people are sending pictures of their genitalia and you know all that stuff yeah, is like. Right. But they're the problem far, is, is that yeah, right. But the problem is, is that again, we live in a world where kids are so savvy. As as just a Snapchat to come take, take a picture of a picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are just doing screen caps. Screen cap, yeah. yeah. So this kid was doing screen caps of these girls that were sending him pictures, I guess, of of themselves nude, and he did screen caps, and then he posted the screen caps somewhere on his you know blog or something somewhere else. Instagram. Dude, oh, his Instagram. Okay, yeah. and uh, so yeah, he's being charged with with child pornography again. And it's like you know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the kid, I don't know the, I don't know the, this all the circumstances. So may, maybe you could argue that he he was. He was doing something terrible and taking screen caps of these things that these girls thought were private. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole definition of what is private and and what is sacred and what your rights are to to things is just blown out of the water. And we're really none of it's been set in stone. I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna have decades of. I mean, the next decade there's gonna be many many Supreme Court and high court oh, sure. case laws set about what is what's okay for privacy. You know. Well, I mean, you look. I mean, here we are. It's, um, I, I got really angry with, uh, with a, uh, a formite a couple weeks ago, um, because he kind of took me to task on something I said on the show. And I bit back at him and said, you know what? You don't, you don't fucking know me. You don't know who I am. And, and then I got to thinking about it. It's like, you know what? I put myself out every week for people to get to know who I am in this little, itty bitty window that is my podcasting life and of course they're going to assume that they know who i am and i i made i made a conscious choice uh, you know seven years ago or however long that that i was going to sacrifice my privacy as a person to to do what i do as a podcaster and that's i think we all anyone that that is doing social media or or podcasting or any of that makes a choice it's like you know what i'm going to sacrifice some of my personal um uh, privacy so people i don't know can know me and that's it's a very tantalizing thing it's 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 obviously something that appeals to a lot of people but it's also kind of scary because there are there are thousands of people out there that i've never met that know me way more than than maybe they should that's kind of freaky and i think that's that i mean isn't it is that kind of weird see i it is it is and i think i'm i know i've 
I've mentioned this to Vince in the past. I think Jason probably hears it more from me lately. But there are the times hell? where no, no, no. I'm just not, well. Wait, hear me out because I you you tend to shrug things off. See what happens yeah, is, do. and I if you guys are my brothers, and if if I know that people listen to us, they hear us, and and they're on our forum, and and we're all one big happy. But as soon as someone wants to take thinks they're being funny or clever or witty and wants to take a swing at one of my brothers. I get a little put off, and I'm like, dude, you don't, you haven't, you haven't established yourself yet where you can make that kind of joke at 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 Jason's or Vince's expense. Yeah, they, you guys might be cool with it, but if I'm like that, that's just you kind of overstepped. And I know, I, I know where where Chris is going. With, You're the you guard know, dog, I, and that's okay. Yeah, but it, it, it is it my place. Is I mean, you guys like 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 I said, Vince, you shrug you it care. off. So, yeah. if, but I mean, you know, there are people who were like, you know, and if they think that, and I mean, and and maybe, yeah, all right, so guard dog, protective, jealous, whatever. But it's like there are times where I I, I definitely get where Chris is is going, and it's like you know, you you know, you know me from what I've said or what I've written online, but you don't know what happens when I get home at night or what happens yeah. during the, the day. Dress comes and, and on, the high heels get on, exactly, you know, makeup on, right. David and Wantre, hot. No, I mean, like, hot. And, and and I don't even think I, I, one of the things that disturbs me a lot. I guess because you know, being a tech investor and stuff, I've focused a lot on some of these issues. Is that, um, like, I don't even think people realize how much of their privacy is being taken away. Like, I really don't think they conceptualize that. Um, like, just this week, the federal government is arguing a case at the appellate court where they're claiming that it's within their legal rights to affix GPS trackers to any vehicle without a warrant. And that's, again, it seems it's a very specific case, but you again, you have to think about when you're talking about case law like this, if they win that case, and, and a lot of people think they're going to, you know that, that you have to think about the, the tendril effect, right? If they can do that, then what else can they do, right? And it's just... It's not just the government. I mean, again, it's. I mean, uh, I don't think it's so much a case as is what can they do. I think it's more along the lines of what have they been doing for decades that you don't know about. Well, that could be too. The other thing too, I mean, and it's not. But these days, because of social media, because of the power of some of these tools and platforms, it's no longer just the government, right? I mean, um, there there have been all kinds of cases of employees at both pr- public and private companies being forced to. Did you know that? I mean, if you just people can Google this, there are cases all over now where people, when they're applying for jobs, are on the application if they want to apply for the job, have to put their Twitter and Facebook yes. logins yep. and their passwords and can consent if they're hired to provide their employers with their passwords yeah, so never. that the employees can log into the site as them and check it out. See, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind so much um, the Twitter and, and Facebook names, but I think the password is a bit much. Exactly. My, my, yeah. my, twi- my Twitter account is protected. You cannot see my tweets in, unless, I, unless I follow you. But if you're ever involved in a in a high profile court case, those tweets will be made available whether your account's oh. protected or not. Yeah, sure. that's yeah. why I only tweet my plans to murder people uh, <laughs> after midnight. No, but I mean, again, like it's it's it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I think BKV is really on to something because it's this privacy thing. I mean, I mean, I have to be honest with you. I, uh, I mean, I, now it's easy for me to say this because I, I I guess I've I've had a point professionally and. And I've always been where I feel like I have optionality, right? But, but I mean, I, 
I think I would quit a job if all of a sudden they were like, we want your logins to Facebook and, and Twitter. And not even because there's anything on there I wouldn't want them to see. Because I, I don't really – you guys are my, you're my Facebook friend. It's, it's the principle. It's literally yeah. a matter of principle. Yeah, like, right. like, um, I mean I have pictures – you know, my wife sends me and our family pictures of my kids like every day. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want that, like, I just, just very personal information, you know, like, I don't, I don't want that in the public domain. And I, I consider there's no reason my employers need that, right? Like, they just need to make sure that I'm not doing anything that's, you know, hurting whoever you work, the, your, your business or, right. you know what I mean? Like, um, and actually there's another case that, uh, just was decided, which actually in, in actually argued that, um, employees have the legal right and can't be fired for saying things about their company on social networks that are true. So like, you know, employees that say get on Facebook and bitch about their company up to this point, it's often been used as a fireable offense. Now there's case law that's saying you can't be fired for that. If you can, if it's true what you're saying, you can't be fired for it. Now, of course that's, that's yeah, a defined slope. truth. The, the employees can, well, and also employers. My boss is a jackass. Yeah. Other reasons okay. to fire you. Right. right. But, but, right. but at the same point in time, like the, these battles are just beginning and it's only going to get worse. I mean, it, it really, you, you, the four of us could find out. I, I don't, we had a neighbor move into town like two or three years ago and like my uh, bullshit meter went off the charts with the, with the stuff <laughs> the, guy, the guy was saying, right? It took me one night of Googling. And admittedly, I'm, you know, I'm an analyst by trade, so I, I sort of knew where to work, look, right? But it took me about a, a night of Googling to completely discredit every single thing he was telling us about himself, where he used to live, how much money he made. I found out that the house he, he claimed he lived in, he did live in, but it was under foreclosure. Oh, okay. He said he – I found out the place, the plot of land that he said he bought here in town that he was going to have a giant house built on was still owned by the town that he hadn't bought it that you know like i found out that he you know the company he said he worked he owned he he not only did he not own but the the company that he said he owned actually had sued him for his his company using a name similar to that like and it, it dude this is not like you know i didn't pay any money to a database like i just went around and did some careful boolean searches in different areas and found this information and it took me like a couple hours to completely discredit this dude and tell me i don't want to deal with this dude he's a bullshitter but the point is, like, I'm not a company with big dollars, right? That's in in looking to track you. I'm not the government, like, so it's there. So right. you know, you really have to be careful. I mean, I've had four or five friends of mine drop off Facebook because of this, you know. Yeah, I think and, the and moral like, of this story is don't try and pull the wool over the woodman's eyes. No, no, no. So don't even. Serious. Like, no, no seriously. Much bigger than that. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, but the, the <laughs> friends I've had that dropped out of Facebook, like, I get the. I get like the idea of it, right. like I get what they're trying to say by doing that. But I, I told them like you're 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 fooling yourself. Like, yeah, I mean, okay, so you're not on Facebook, but like your wife is, all your friends are, you you know, yeah. like you're 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 on other places, right? You have an Amazon account, you you have a you know a you know you have a a, a, a web based you know internet account, you know, email account. Like you're you you're still being like you're still on record. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you still text message your, out your ass. You know what I mean? Like. Text messages aren't protected. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's just. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard because once it's out there, it's out there. You know, right. I I, sh- I shudder at some of the bullshit that I've said in the last few years. Stuff that I would I will cringe if I ever go back and listen to it. And and I know that you guys probably feel the same about mm-hmm. about some of the stuff. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe I said that. But it's out there, 
and and that's the world that we live in now is that once you you say something or type something got you know looking at the at you know twitter responses you know every time there's anything controversial um uh, there are sites that will post twitter responses that are this you know racist horrible nasty things by by these people that 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 have uh, i i don't know what they're thinking whenever they type these things. I don't know if it's in their heart or not, but it's like years from now, they'll look back at that and say, God, that wasn't me. You know, how could I have ever yeah. written that? Well, dude, like, but, I, but it's there now. I mean, it's in stone. You know, tw- uh, tweets, everything that is on Twitter, I don't know if you knew this, that is being recorded in yep. the. The, it's the what Library, Library Congress, of Congress. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah okay. it's there. It True. lives forever. So every inane tweet that you've ever made is yes. going to live forever. My ever. goal, yes, yeah. Well, Chris, even like th- th- this week, I was doing a, uh, I did a mock draft on ESPN for fan, you know, fantasy baseball mock draft. Mm-hmm. And the way that works, I mean, for people that don't do, fan- like, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's like a, le- it's a draft, but the league doesn't count, so you're just doing it to practice. Okay. So you sure. sign up, and uh, I'm just saying for the people that don't, I know you know, but, um, and and you can either use like, like I log in as my real name because I just mm-hmm. that's just my account is, but lots of people you could just go in and like anything you can as you're yeah. setting up the, you can name yourself whatever. Darth Vader seventy eight, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So so we're in the draft room, and you know the whatever you name yourself is what it shows up as right so this dude in this draft and these are strangers this is just like a you know it's like a, you go in like I, I did the draft let's say at 9 30 so you go in at 9 30 and when a room fills up with 12 people that want to do a draft it it's it launches so i don't know these people from adam they're strangers mm-hmm. sure. so i'm logging on and and this guy's name was like so offensively like horrifically offensively racist that i can't i won't even say it on the air like it's it was like it was, it was offensive to even for me to to utter in in like that's how offensive it was, and I'm thinking like, like I literally because there's a chat room I was like, I was like ESPN shouldn't like this is repugnant like they shouldn't allow yeah, people this to should use not these be names, allowed. you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I, I reported him after, but the point is is like, what was he thinking like, he like, wasn't like, like but exactly like I mean shock. Like that's on an internet site with literally he knew there were we were strangers. He had to assu- he couldn't have assumed that eleven strangers from all across the world would be okay with that horribly racist moniker. You know what I mean? And like, like I just don't know what people think, right? Like I don't like it baffles me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Let's go back to the book for a second. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we um, I, I'm still. But isn't, is it? But you know, as an aside. Sorry, Vince, but. Um, BKV and Marcos Martin just made a book that made us talk yeah, about yeah. something that is not the book for a half hour. Right, right, exactly. Isn't that I, I was, awesome. It is, and so there you go, value added. But um, I want to go back to the double page. Um, well, not double page. It's a single page, uh, widescreen format frame of all the people walking down the street. Yeah. Look at all the the various um, let's call them disguises or or um, costumes personas. Right. You gotta believe that that kind of costumery does not come easy i mean it's got to be a lot of work right so well they they put up they actually put a value to it that there was um what did they say the the gal's furry costume was x number of dollars right but hers was a hologram so all she had to do was press the button but i'm talking about these what what looks to be like the the Mm -hmm. the average folk i mean those are pretty detailed costumes which and to get to my point is they work 
extra hard to protect their identities and that says a lot about our time if you look at the bottom of the lamppost there's uh, a piece of detritus from what would be our time mm -hmm. and no costume and he's begging and and, you, and he they make a point yeah, right. of they make a point of showing his sleeve so he's he's revealed himself and he's one of the cast-offs so yeah, all, right. all these people are working like crazy to to retain their individual like their their true personas and this guy is essentially a bum and and he just throws it on out there for anybody to to pick up where right. you know what i mean so so what comes easy to us to to reveal ourselves they work hard to to keep that sequestered keep it safe that's a really neat page i, I love well, it a lot it is. and and i yeah. will say something i mean I, I know we've all been friends of Marcos Martin for a long time, and, and probably David in particular is. Well, we're all fan, we're all fans of him, but I've heard David rave about him the most. But I have to say, dude, like this is some next level shit from him. Like, it is. This is <laughs> this is some Paul Pope shit, dude. Like yep. this is this is like Martin's normal style and Paul Pope meshed together in like all the right ways. I mean, mm -hmm. there's some stunning illustration going on here. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. always great. I mean, I think like Martin's an like an, an amazing. Like illustrator in general, but this. I was wish like the some, son of a bitch sold his original art. Yeah, <laughs> this is some like whole nother level shit to me. I, I also I, think it's significant that the car tires don't touch the road. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That, that well, says a lot too. Yeah. Why? Symbolic. The, 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 they're pulling back. They're they're elevated from the surface. They're whatever the tires are designed for one purpose and that is to grip the road and propel the car Based, oh, I just, you know what i mean i just, I just but interpret the, it as, as hover cars because it was the future but why do they have tires in the first place then they don't need them those cars don't that's need true. those yeah, tires they, yeah that's true if okay. the, if they hover what's the point of the tires it's it's mm -hmm. just ornamentation like everything else on that page okay that's yeah it's Wait, are you guys with me? I mean, that, that it's. I mean, Martin's always awesome, but this is a different style for him. Right, I, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he leveled up. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's it's captivating stuff. I, I um, well, it's also it's also digital, and I think mm -hmm. it. Uh, uh, once again, we're starting to see and recognize the limitations. And I say this as a print designer, we see the limitations of of print, um, even though. Uh, that's one of my my only my only complaint with this, mm -hmm. uh, with the double page spreads. Really, what do you mean? Well, because okay, Chris, you have you have tablets that are widescreen. You have you can't buy a computer these days without it having a widescreen LCD yeah, right, display. I think he so it's, it's, to fit the it's factor, right? and even even in the FAQ or even in the uh, I don't know if it was in the afterward, but but they they designed it. It this is all deliberate they don't you know oh, you yeah, have to read it landscaped you have right. to you, yeah. So yeah you can't i mean there's not they, they don't want you to be able to you know tilt your ipad 90 degrees and and read it portrait because it's you're going to i mean he he mentioned specifically the phone he he suggests tablets and, and computer screens to get the full effect but um you can force compliance yeah, in um ibooks author but i don't think you can do it with a cbr or a cbg mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just I, I I just like the the portrait. Um. I mean, yeah, for convenience, it's it's easy. But I mean, I could I mean for something like this, where and you know, it's weird. This morning, for some reason, I don't know why I thought of, especially since I didn't finish reading that series yet, and I'm just basing it off one issue that I read. 
for some reason I thought of Spaceman. And it, yeah. it's not like it, and and I know yeah. and, and my big sure. thing, my, my big beef with Spaceman was was the 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 tech speak and and the lead speak and and whereas this is still it's in the future, there are things that we do today that affect what goes on in this. This, this is um, if uh, Spaceman is to Blade Runner as. Um, as Private Eye is to um, the Fifth Element, maybe you know it's both futuristic and, but yeah, I it you know I can see that I can but see but it's that. grounded in, in modern times, so it's yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah. And I with Jason talking about the art as as I'm flipping through, I mean I was I showed Renee the preview pages and and didn't have any any lettering and i mean especially that that first page where not not that first page when when uh, the building manager and the press or the fourth estate notices pi and he he escapes and 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 he jumps off the ledge that single panel with the purple in the sky and it i mean there are he uh, just so, it so the pretty. whole every single page i mean yeah there there may be when we're back at his office, that are dis- and these offices are discreet according to the sign. It's it's uh, you know you may not be able to pick out every single book spine, but there are times where where Martin just decides to go buck wild with the detail. And I mean, what, what, what were the books? What were the books that were that were there? The audacity of hope, economics, economics, which actually annoyed me. That, that what? annoyed me. Did it really? What the Freakonomics annoyed you? Why? Uh, the, the three books actually annoyed me. I, I thought it was a really cliche trio of books to pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's so much the titles of the books was the fact that the PI's office is loaded with everything we're casting off. He he's got vintage movie but posters, see, thing, not just I, but I, it, I, it grounds the story. It's like this is what you guys are giving away. He's got a Flaming Lips album that he's listening right, to. Right, vinyl. Right. No, right. he played he tactile vinyl well, albums. But you, you, you know, you know, and this is just my theory. You know who the grandfather is? <laughs> oh, it's, it's BKV. <laughs> Could be. Oh, I don't. I don't know. know. I don't know what he, he looks like. Though? What BKV tats? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He's bald. I mean, it's interesting. I'm not saying you're. I hadn't thought of it though. It's just you know, it's but he's he's you know, uh, I mean, he's someone that has not shied away from from social media and and being a part of the you know the connected world. It's yeah. So you know, the, is this is this BKV's grandson? I mean. Just for what that's worth. I, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. He currently yeah. does not yeah. have sleeves on his arms. But, you and know, I don't, so, is, is BKV a, an MTV fan? The, the, is, is, is Vaughn a, an MTV well, fan? Weren't we all at that time? I you know, well, that. I don't know. I mean, if we're talking he's, about... He's a current, current, didn't he? He's, he's probably close to 40, right? Yes. No, he's he's our age. But I haven't, I haven't given MTV any sort of thoughts since they stopped actually showing fucking music like, videos. Music? So... Yeah. You know, he was born in '76, so. I I, I also oh, damn. I right. also really like the the pie symbol on the door. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes there's that. And, and well, it's weird. It's a whole thing. He's he's sta- it's the Chateau Mar- Marmont is now a ho- is now I guess a residence or he's staying there as a hotel. It's like it's weird. His office is in the Chateau Marmont, right? But it's, and it's a, yeah, it's a public notary. 
yep. with the symbol of pi. It's like it's yeah, it's definitely food for thought. Yeah, pi. But um, he, I mean, he also has um, a you know the rotary dial telephone. Mm-hmm. The this like I said, the stacks of books, um, the the vinyl albums, the vintage movie posters. Look at the stove. The marijuana cigarettes. Yeah, he's got he, the little espresso maker on the top. Yeah, that's our. Hilarious to me. Yeah. It's it's just, uh, you know, it, I, I, think, I mean that's my room right there, except for yeah, the rotary phone. Yeah. But. I think it's this this you know grappling and grasping for the past and and um, a, a more innocent time, and it's a more innocent time that we're getting ready to leave. You know, I feel that you know in the last in the last ten years we've gone from you know this more innocent time as silly as that sounds into this very connected world and there are some believe me there are times where i'm just like you know fuck this you know no i don't want to check my facebook status yes yes. go outside and breathe some fresh air and you know but at the same time then i come back in and i want to post a photo of something that i just so yeah it's this it's this um you know, very yin and yang relationship. There yeah, are. I I think it's bullshit. I I don't think the trade off. Um, I don't think we're gaining anything from the trade off. The the says this, the guy talking to his friends. I don't the internet that live nowhere close to each other. Well, be that as it may, I don't think any of this, the Twitter, the Facebook, the podcasting. I don't think it's worth the loss of what we had. And and I and I and I don't. And it's it's it saddens me that my kids don't know what we had. Then why do you do it? Uh, there's three reasons. Okay. And I'm talking to them. That uh-huh. that's that's the but, only reason why I do well, it. Well, but yeah. but to, to I mean, but I think to Chris's point, it's a valid one. Is again, I mean, and we've said this on the show before. I wouldn't be friends with any of you guys if it wasn't for for the internet. And right. Social media, right. Right. I'm also not the same person I was um, when we started this. Give or take, you know, it's in the yeah. ballpark. But yeah. but now, no. Um, do you just think about all the people? That have not only, I mean, they've lost their jobs because of the advancements in technology, like vinyl albums. Somebody had to press those albums. Somebody had to create the label. Somebody had to create the, press the, and print the, the, the sleeves, right? It, and it's a tactile form of listening to music where you have that needle that touches the groove. You know what I mean? Now we have an MP3. Yeah. Um, I mean, Neil Young said it best. You only get 5% of that sound from an MP3 of, of that he recorded. So I but use VBR. There, yeah, I know. there is a, um, actually a friend of mine, Andrew McAfee, uh, gave a TED talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just, anyone can Google this. I'll put, we can put a link in the show notes, but it's, uh, the TED talk is, it, again, his name is Andrew McAfee, spelled like, um, like antivirus. He's right. no relation oh, to that, yeah. but it's, and, uh, his, I was going to say, he's not the guy in Guatemala that's, that's no, killed no, 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 <laughs> oh, no, okay. no. Andrew's a professor at Harvard who's uh, an expert in, in, uh, in this stuff. And he, he, um, he's a fellow founding member of, uh, this, this, uh, this tech group that I helped co-found called the Irregulars. But anyway, he um, he gave a TED Talk last year called Our Droids Taking Our Jobs. And it's, uh, it's a fascinating discussion of how, um, you know, uh, like tech, techno, technologist people that are tech investors like myself, you know, we, we are often fond of talking about the power of IT uh, in transforming the world and making things more efficient and more productive, which is all true. I mean, that's it's hard in fact, you know, that's not, that's not for debate, you know, from a statistical standpoint, it's true. But to your guys' point, but it's it's hit sort of an asymptote where, um, as as we've improved these processes, it's come at the expense of human productivity. Yeah, 
And so exactly. we've really at the point societally because we are an aging – globally, we're an aging, growing population. It's having – the, the effects have arguably turned negative in terms of the overall benefit to society now because yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're advancing technology so fast that we literally are taking you know, eight jobs away for everything. You know, so it's, it's, oh, it's, you know, my, Vince and I live every day. I mean as graphic designers – Desktop publishing and and direct to plate printing and everything that has has talk- been able to, to to take you know design and put it on the printed page. You can do one person can do the the job the entire of ten job. people. You're now. right. You're right. You know, in, in the printing in fi- part, but yeah, yeah in fi- in fifteen well, in fifteen years, it's really become one person can do sure. the job of ten people. Well, David which is knows great, in, which is in, great, except for nine people lost their job. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, say, I mean, and, and uh, the one per and the one person for some reason has become devalued. Right. I mean, D- David, you could, I mean, you understand this from 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 your world being at that. You know, I mean, think about like what you know, server virtualization has been incredible for for cios but it's it's fucking cost a lot of dbas their jobs right i mean like you know i mean when you can literally provision servers all over the world you know from one central location i mean that's you can understand again if you're not like how awesome that is from an efficiency standpoint like that is the right way to do it because it's but at its expense when you're when you're you know running when you can now basically take you know you don't need you, you know, you can get rid of ten, you know, boxes now for one box. That that's the, there were guys that were run, managing those boxes. Yeah. You know, there were guys that were they were provisioning those boxes, and so they're gone. I mean, that I mean, again, that's now part of this is natural evolution, right? I mean, throughout human history, we've had this kind of thing, right? But the difference is now it's just the pace of it has changed. That's all. Like, right? I mean, you know, the industrial revolution put a lot of people out of work, but then people went sure. on got better jobs or different jobs. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's jobs. really in this talk. This TED talk is great. It's a great thing. Now he, I think he completely. And I've told him this. He completely falls apart at the end because he's an optimist and he paints a, a, this sort of. He comes to this really sort of straw man conclusion. Which yeah, this is all happening, but we're very. But humanity is innovative, and we're going to figure out a way to make it work for us. Yeah, right. Um, but but regardless, the, the 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 talk is still worthy of your attention if you're into this kind of topic. Um, but but what's really changed is that since we're doing it so fast now, um. People, we don't have the time to transition to jobs, right? It used to be guys were farmers. They all moved gradually to they 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 stopped farming, but they moved to the cities and got you know um, industrial jobs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, then we moved to suburbs, and 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 then when even when factories started you know moving offshore, you know people moved into like the U.S. became a services driven economy, right? Like people, yeah, they weren't building cars anymore, but they were getting jobs, you know. Selling insurance or, you know, becoming brokers or, you know, the services jobs or whatever it was, working for Anderson Consult. You know, there were, we've made that transition, but now we're at a point where people aren't, there, there aren't really other jobs for them to go to, at least that pay as well as what they had. And that's an interesting conundrum. And the other issue that's happening globally, and I can talk about a com- the strangest comics podcast ever, um, is that we have this global workforce explosion, right? Because, um, we have billions of literally billions of people in the emerging market that are highly qualified to do many of the jobs that we used to view as sacrosanct. So it's yeah. not just the technology is displacing, but it's that you also have billions of people willing to do your job for much cheaper. And, well, and but, but, but what I find is that we have a lot of people that are able to do a lot of things um, fairly well, but very few people that are able to do a very few select things incredibly well 
Sure. Well, and that's yeah. that's right. And that's but if you think about it, that's that's kind of what we've become, right? We've become a world of yeah. a very niche specific yeah. expertise. As I as I job hunt, you know, I'm a print designer, and all of the art director jobs are asking for people that can do print and interactive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, um, they're okay. two different things. Yeah, they're two. Yeah, it's 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 the same it's, at my job. Same they're, thing. They're, yeah, they're they're different disciplines. And what that is is that people that are wanting to fill two jobs with one person, but pay. For one one right. It's not yeah. enough that you can yeah. design the best damn print publication yeah. you can possibly well, do. You, know, every, you have every, to make it, every, you know, clicky yeah. and 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 with the video and with the sound. It's like bullshit. They're two yeah, different everybody things. Everybody wants Bo Jackson. Yeah. Everybody wants Bo Jackson. You need to be able to play football and basketball. Oh, and or, or football and baseball. And if you right. can play basketball too, that's great. I understood that and, actually. I'm proud of myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody in the work in today's workforce. Yeah. So we've deviated way much. So I think we should probably bring in a um, uh, an EOC live tweet. What do you think? Well, wait. Let's do it before before I forget. The um, as much as we we love Vaughn, we love Martin. As much as we love the idea of the private eye. I was. I I need to know where this is going, based on that last page, because we have a mystery, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it's and right. and you have to worry about whether or not Pi is going to because he was introduced to the person in this mask who was someone. I mean, I just I'm my mind is just going as to where we can go from here and what what else will unravel. It, it's re- it, it really and and there you go you have the, the movie posters in, in in the background in in Pi's apartment you have you have the Maltese Falcon you have Angel Face and yeah. there are just there are I I think the page where she gets noir, so so I will go out on a limb and say that things probably don't end well for Pi <laughs> or Gramps but it I just I you know what it's and and our our uh, C C2E2 Rumi Mario, he, he said, you know, he's been, he read the first issue and he has started his 11 O'Claskers contenders. And, and I'm right there with him. I, I'm going to have to start my notebook because this, I, I, I read yeah. Remind. I have, you know, this, I, I've been saying for a while and I, and I told Jason Brubaker this, you know, I, I read Remind and it's kind of ruined, not just mainstream, big two books for me, but I mean, I, I read, I read that. I know, and I read that, and then I go and I try to read something else, and I'm like, it's not like Remind. And this now, something new, something current, something that is 24 hours old. Now that I, I can't stop thinking about this, and and it's right, it, right. Frank, this and and Saga are spoiling us. Yeah, they are. Yeah, well, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, Brian. You know, we we had the time that there where Brian K. Vaughn was out of comics. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and even, you know, I, I have to say, I didn't give it too much thought because he was doing his thing, right, writing Lost and other shows. I like to stuff. think he backed up before the, did he, didn't he back out of Lost before the last season? I think he did. Uh, good, yeah, good on him. Not, out, yeah, I think they not. backed him out, but. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was probably too good for them and they had it, ended whatever, on a shitty but, note, but, but whatever. But, but the issue is, but then, you know, I, uh, um, and I was always considering myself a fan of his, but, uh, but I, you know, I don't know if it's just pent up creative. But he's, I mean, yeah, and we're only, you know, we're basing this on one issue. So let's see how this, <laughs> the other nine well, issues no, well, come out. Okay, but, yeah. But I, mean, but I mean, but like this first issue, 
is sort of certainly on par with what we've gotten of, of Saga, which is well right. into its run now, and and they're just brilliant. Uh, they really are. I mean, they're just you know he's one of those guys who just gets it. You know, he just gets if, it. If, if you want an idea as to how well Vaughn and and Martine work together, get yourself Doctor Strange the Oath. Oh yeah, the Oath is fantastic. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I like about Vaughn is is he 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 he's writing comics for adults, you know, but not in a like a a, a lascivious manner, like not for the sake of it. But he he's he's expecting you to have a level of insight Mm -hmm. and maturity, and he doesn't he doesn't talk down to people. He doesn't talk down to people. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he he takes you on a really well written, well constructed story, but he's not he's not babying you. Yeah, you know, you, he, he and Asriello have that in common. That's it's, a good point. They, yep, they, they, the they, they do not suffer fools. They do not suffer fools <laughs> in their writing. <laughs> they, 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 su- they suffer people with uh, with whiskey tongue. Um, hey, I got a really good uh, uh, EOC live tweet from Jerry McDade here, and uh, and I think this is something that. that Probably David will uh, will like to answer. Uh, what are the hallmarks of a good letterer? <laughs> uh, the name John Workman. <laughs> I, well, see, see, you yeah. always say Workman. I really and and I do love Workman, especially on Simonson. But I one of the one one letterer I always think of when they say who's good is the letterer for. Zot and Understanding Comics, the letterer for Justice League before it became Justice League America. And that's, that's Bob Lapin. And, and he was just, I love that little, like, slight slant. The hallmarks of, of, of a good or a great letterer, be, be inconspicuous. Just do your job well so that if you don't, it, cause if you, if, if you're reading a comic and the word balloons are taking over someone's head, or it's just it it looks funky, then you're noticing the lettering. That's not a good letterer. I if, don't know if, about that, David. I, I hate like hell to disagree with you. But <laughs> see, you see the dog. The dog disagrees with you, David. Like Workman and Bruzenak, they are anything but inconspicuous. No. Bruzenak is so in your face. I mean, you notice his stuff, but I, I don't. Th- works with Shaken, and that, and 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 Workman works with with Tommy Lee Edwards, or or, or works with Simonson. I get that. I no, mean, but I'm, what I'm saying is, you you know the curvature of a Workman O. You've 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 well, you, the word grown balloon, to but I, right. But th- that's that's not inconspicuous. That's a, there's a personality to that, right? You know what? You, you know what's cool about Workman's board balloons is that they actually they're. They're the outside of the panel in most cases, especially if someone's talking from like and, and, and you're reading the word balloon and it's in the upper left corner. That's on the outside of the panel. The, the panel is is part of the word balloon is, is the panel outline. And, and there I mean, he does that throughout a lot of, of, of Simon's and store work. And yes, I know you'll see workman's lettering and, and or even Bruce and I, I mean, you, you look on. A splash page of American Flag or, or any other first comic he worked on, and yes, can tell that he worked on. It. I mean, Mister Monster looks gorgeous, yeah, and, and it's not just because of Michael T. Gilbert, but it's also because. But I, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that you guys are hitting all around it, and it is, it is a sense of good design. It is a sense of 
where the board balloon should go. It is uh, a great, you know, there is a, um, a, a draftsman um, uh, aspect to it, you know, being able to have great letter form. And, you know, I think Workman probably has some of the, the, the most beautiful letter forms that, that have you know, graced the pages. Uh, one of, it's a sense of spacing. That's one of the things that, that drives me crazy with, with digital lettering is that the, the kerning is off, and I'm a kerning dork. And <laughs> if you don't know, if you're not Somewhere a Somewhere Ron Richards designer, is rubbing himself right now. All yes, he is. <laughs> fonts and typography. Uh, kerning is the space between letters, and letting is the space between lines. And most of the time, the letting in in comics is very good. It's um, it feels natural and and adds to its legibility. The kerning between letters can that's whenever you notice digital lettering, and that's for me Too anyway. Tight. The the difference the um, odd inconsistent. Um, in hand lettering, because visual kerning is better than digital kerning, you will notice that a K next to an L is not spaced correctly. Mm. But if a hand letterer did that, they would visually space the letters apart more correctly. And so whenever you type it out, it looks different than drawing it and or, or, or hand lettering it. And that's why... Like whenever Fraction decided to have Casanova, the volume, you know, or or part due, um, hand lettered, that it's because he could afford to have it done at that point. Sure, sure, yeah. And it just looks better. It's nicer. It's more organic. It feels richer. It is for the audio files out there. Hand lettering versus digital lettering is the difference between listening to an mp3 and listen is listening to something on vinyl it's warm and cold it's just it's Maybe. there's something about it that just kind of wraps you up and says this is nice i and, think and, one of the best letterers the medium has ever seen and it's not a name you usually hear in talks like this when we're talking about the best dave sim there oh, are yeah, there are sure. very I mean, few guys we, yeah we we that, you've made this case before. Yeah, that that valid, that yeah. letter as as well. I mean, he he his words literally drip with emotion. If if he's doing uh, a person that's has something to say and they're nonplussed or they're offended, he'll arc the word and have letters just drip and it's or he'll just throw a line through it and you get it immediately the the connotation behind what's yeah. going into that word. That's you just can't write. The, I mean, Chris Ware. Yeah, where's an awesome letterer? Yeah, but, but, it, but it's, it's yeah, all all of his stuff is. I don't want to say it's, it's like monospace though. It's, it's, like, it's very yeah. It's very um, cold, uh, very precise, and it's it, good it, for it, his stuff. It yeah, should be cold, yeah. right? Because his stuff is so so it distant. Is, yeah, for the yes, but uh, and yeah. you know who Other else was a great? Don't re- think about as a uh, Will Eisner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Alex it, Toth uh, was a fantastic letterer. And, and those two right there, this mm-hmm. hand lettering. I mean, it was well. Yeah. well I was gonna, and you didn't. Uh, what I'm sure you also agree with is that uh, Tezuka. Yep. I mean, he uh, that he, his his lettering is a huge part of his of his work. You know who else was awesome with typography? And again, not very uh, re- well regard. Not I shouldn't say not well regarded, but not not known for it was Tom Sutton. Tom Sutton could do things with text that would mm. bend your ears back. It's and, beautiful, and I and, and and I, you know, whether it's it's 
old school or just because I that's when I started reading comics. I so all caps for me. I not a fan of that post two thousand Marvel lowercase and and mm. ultimate line style lettering. Yeah. I, I, I I love my, my, my all caps. I gotta agree with you on that one. Yeah. And would you say David um from American Flag, is it Bruzniak? Is that Bruzanak, yes. yeah. Bruzanak, yeah. Bruzanak. Um yeah, I mean that's for the time. It's and not even for the time, it for, was part for of now. It. That was just for now. I mean that is such a huge part of that of that series. Well, what incredibly I'm, but, important. And, and Vince, you're right. You know, it's in your face and, and, and it's part of the page, it's part of the art. But again, Bruzanak and Workman, they they knew not to put you know, Workman's not going to put a word balloon over Lorelai's face in an issue with Thor. He's, he, you know, you just, they know their job. So, yeah, you, well, didn't, you know it's their artwork. Right. Didn't Tommy Lee artwork. say that he... He um, designs the page with their... He puts the word... The, right. Yeah, he, he puts the word balloons in. down first. Right. And yeah. then, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah. What is he doing, by the way, these days? Oh, he's doing... Oh, man. Not enough? Right, but he's working on something. Yeah. Damn it, I can't remember. I want it to be more. Right. Well. <laughs> Seriously. I know. People don't have one ice water. You want to do one more uh, live tweet before we get into something else here? Yeah, do it. I, I don't want to pick it. I just, let's do another one. I don't want to pick it. I just want to tell you about it. How about this? Uh, from Gombi119. Did any of you ever play Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. But I was, nope. I was mostly into um, it was for me it was mostly champions and car wars. Look at you! I did love me some car wars. I yeah. like. I played I them all. Never, but, never. Uh, play, well, I shouldn't say never, but but a few times maybe when I was really young and D and D was big, but I, I don't remember it well. Any other any other role playing, Jason? No, no, I've never wow. really. I've never actually rolled a twenty sided die with any yeah. use of it. <laughs> so yeah. D and D, Star Frontiers, RuneQuest, uh, Traveler. I bought all the TSR books, though. I would go to Walden Books and buy every T. Like oh, it was just, just like my love for for Ohio. Oh, oh, yeah. Like yeah. I loved reading about the characters and the different powers in the books. And I read, I always read all the like the Dungeons and Dragons like you know novels and stuff that they would put out for you know for young readers. Like I, I so yeah, it was very right. entrenched in the universe of Dungeons and Dragons. I even watched the cart the that cartoon from back in the day when it was yeah, Saturday morning. Yes. Yep. Yeah, but I never, I never actually played the game. I think the White Wolf games are the best. Werewolf, Vampire, um, Mage, those things are great. Cool. Yeah. Did you ever play those? Um, no, no. I was um, Star Frontiers, Car Wars, um, uh, the Marvel superheroes for sure. Um, no Traveler. No, no, hmm. no. D and D. I remember there was an awesome. There was a James Bond one, right? Yes, TSR. Because oh, I remember yeah, getting a TSR book on all the spy stuff, and it had like all the gadgets, and it was, it was like the cool. That was very cool. Cool. Yeah, and then right. you know, got GURPS. You could make anything. GURPS. That was the one God I was trying to GURPS. think of. You God could do anything in GURPS. We could have a oh, GURPS yeah. eleven o'clock comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> GURPS was GURPS was awesome. Um, was that generic? Is it what the G stood for? Yeah, Steve yeah. Jackson. It was. It could be. You could shoehorn any kind of universe into the system, and it would That's work. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and it was great. It was wasn't the game basically though. Like, I mean, again, and this is, but it seemed to me like the, like uh, these these games were only always as good as the commitment of the players, and then more importantly, the dungeon master. Right, like, you get a shitty dungeon master, you're dead. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was, like, it was like a podcast. I mean, it was you, you had to <laughs> oh, have so, it, so we would be awesome at it then. If we did. Oh, we absolutely! Would, right, yeah, you would be awesome, and and Vince would be our dungeon dungeon master. Oh, I hated and, doing it. No, I would rather play. No, see, but you're the dungeon master. No, I don't want to be. Sorry. All right, you enter a room. There's five ice dragons. You're all dead. <laughs> you dick. All right. Well, let's talk about some stuff. What you want? I got a pee. You got a pee? Well, good. Because you know what I'm going to talk about for a second? Huh. I read a DC book. Actually, a New 52 book. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. If it's, if it's what I'm thinking about, I didn't finish the second issue yet, dude. All right. Well, I won't, I won't spill anything. Did you read the annual? What book? I don't well, know if we're talking about the same book then. Okay. The three issues you told me to read. Right. Well, it, you had to read the annual first. Thanks for telling Uh-oh. me to read them. Appreciate it. Hey, dude. Um, well, we'll talk about it after the show, but again, not inconspicuous. Um, <laughs> so I was as surprised as anyone that I, I, I thought this book was great, but you know where I, I really shouldn't have been surprised considering the man that wrote it. It is written by Keith Giffen with pencils by Tom Rainey and Scott Collins and I think there's a few pencils, uh, pencil pages in there by Phil Winslade. It's DC, I think it's called Threshold Presents the Hunted. Yeah. Yes. And it was out. It's an annual. There's an, no, see that, this is the thing. When, when I read uh, the first issue of Threshold, I was a little bit lost and I'm like, a little bit, yeah. So, so I did a search and it turns out that Threshold, the Hunted spills out of the New Guardians annual oh, number one. Oh, that would one. have been nice to know. Right, right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I had to, I had to do a little bit of digging, but um, <laughs> that would have involved me actually reading the New Guardians. And, but anyway, exactly. And since I, I abandoned the anything uh, with the Spectrum uh, Warriors, I guess they're called. I, I had to do a little backtracking. I, I read the New Guardians annual, which was also written by Giffen. Uh, so the 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 uh, Chewy Center is the Guardians have a non-aggression treaty with someone called Lady Sticks, who presides over this sector of space called the Tenebrian Dominion. Okay, good name. Yes, and, and because it was Dominion, I was like that Dominion, but no, it, it's it's not that Dominion. And the the Green Lantern of the sector, this deep cover operative named Jediah Call, C-A-U-L. The Guardians want nothing to do with this guy. He's been ostracized by the Guardians. They stripped him of his position, but they didn't manage to get his ring. Well, it's because it wasn't on his finger. Which is kind of lame. Well, no, no, that happens in the annual. See, oh, see? Again. I've already lost him. What am I reading this, this, this is This is what bugs me about the Green Lantern Corps. When, when a lantern, any any of the cores, when a, when a lantern dies, right, the ring goes off their finger right and it goes whether it goes back to oa or whether it finds another person worthy of using the ring right so the ring can vacate the person why can't jediah call's ring just go back to oa he's a green lantern right you would think that that anyone that's been stripped of the the mantle of a lantern should automatically lose their ring, whether it just rips their finger off and goes back to Oa. But the, the rings in the past have seemed to be semi-sentient. They can go back to Oa. So I don't understand this whole thing where he still has the ring. But whatever, right? Just put that on the back burner. Just keep it in the, in the back of your mind. So this, this guy's been stripped of his title, no longer a Green Lantern, still has the ring. 
So the Zamorans, I guess that's the purple ones. Yeah. Right? Star Sapphire. Right. Star Sapphire is sent on a mission to see that this treaty is broken. The Zamorans want this treaty dissolved because of something about the the, the guardians are, are amassing this army of the dead called the Third Army, obviously with the black uh, lanterns. It doesn't really play much into the story other than Star Sapphire is put into a position where she has to get in to the Tenebrian Dominion, right? And um, Jediah hooks up Star Sapphire with a group of smugglers called the Star Rovers. And yet, it's Gardner Foxes and Sid Green Star Rovers from way back in the in the Mystery in Space days. See, this is what Giffen's doing with this. He's using this New Guardians annual and the, the Hunted as a way of bringing back all these old spacefaring characters like Star Hawkins and the Space Cabbie, Tommy Tomorrow's in it, um, Rick Star Space Ranger, all these, all these, these beloved Silver Age space characters, Giffen's just pulling them all out of the, out of the mothballs and, and throwing them in this story. And it works. It's fun. It's, it, it, it's something that you can sit back. I mean, if you have a little experience with little comic book history, you can read this thing and go, Oh my God, it's the space cabbie. Holy crap. Last time I saw space cabbie was in, um, well, no, uh, the Chaken, uh, what was it? Tw- uh, Twilight. Oh, um, that oh prestige. My yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Star Sapphire hooks up with the space, the Star Rovers, and, um, Arkillo and St. Walker shadow them. So, so they, they, they take her into Denebrian, uh, Tenebrian space, but they double cross her. Her ring is neutralized, and the, the Star Rovers give her to Lady Styx's people. And it turns out that the planet that she's on... So uh, this is Lady Styx from, like, the the the, the 52? I'm guessing, yeah. Okay. Well, it could be, because this is New 52. It could be different. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming it's relatively the same, right? And uh, so she, she's, she's on tolerance. She's thrown in this the equivalent of a slave camp... And she is forcibly inducted into this game. It, it, it's called The Hunted. It, it's a planet-wide game, kind of like The Hunger Games. Um, and it, it's, it's broadcast over the GlimmerNet, which is this, this, this network that links the entire planet and other, you know, uh, systems. And it, it's essentially a game show. Um, and it's run by this smirking slug-like dude called the Bleeding Adonis. If you are put in the game, you are deemed a threat to the Tenebrian Dominion, and the rules are really simple. You run, or you die. Everybody can be a hunter in the games, uh, from from like the little kid selling you know newspapers on the corner to to old man up in you know uh, in a wheelchair. If they can kill you, they will. And when they do kill you, you the 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 person who does the kill gets the bounty. And depending on the popularity of the contestant, the more popular you are, the bigger your bounty is. So Star Star Sapphire is thrown into this game, and um, it's kind of neat. You get a one planetary cycle grace period. Okay. It, it's hands off. You get the equivalent of. One rotation around their sun to to get your bearings, plan out your 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 uh, strategy if you have any, um, and and after that all bets are off. All of this 
leads into the Threshold Presents the Hunted series. Now, if you didn't read the annual, there, there's a catch-up page in the beginning. Giffen does this kind of... Um, Starship Troopers. Yeah, like a RoboCop type thing where he interjects at various points in the issue with these pseudo commercials and yeah. public service announcements but there's like a wry uh kind of ironic social commentary on this this culture built into it so it, yeah it's kind of neat it's not just you know giffen just having it, well it is giffen having fun but there's there's a little bit of meat on these bones too so it leads into this threshold series where jedi call becomes the most popular runner in, in this game and at the end of the, the the new guardians annual he's captured because um uh, star sapphire just left him they they get she got off of uh, um tolerance and left him there to essentially to die right and when he was getting beat down they never really explained it but his lantern ring gets jammed into his chest symbol uh, like where where the chess symbol would be on on his costume, they they jam the ring in there, and of course his shirt frequently gets ripped, and this bleeding Adonis guy is like that is awesome because you know what that lantern ring is a symbol, and yeah. that that's going to result in nothing more big ratings for us, and that's all they care about because the 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 uh, the hunted game is a huge source of income for these people. I mean, I, they they throw some statistic at you in the book where you know it, it's like the leading revenue generator in in the whole system. Like people love this thing and they watch it faithfully. And um, obviously, because the bounties get so high, you have these groups that pop up that just hunt. That's their thing. They just hunt runners in this game. Well, um, David, what was the name of the first one we saw? The Crimson Thrust. Yes. There's like these organized dudes that. That's all they do is they they pick up the bounties. Hunting groups. Yeah, but the the thing that really hooked me on this series is Giffen uses it as an opportunity to bring back Captain Carrot, friggin' Captain Carrot and the yeah, Zoo Crew, right? I, but, I haven't caught up to that yet. I did. I mean, there was um, um, tomorrow. Yeah, Tommy Tomorrow's in it too. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Tomorrow, whatever they got him called in this thing, but. This is not the Captain Carrot we know. This is a more along the lines of a Howard the Duck styled anthropomorphic rabbit. Like he's he only has one eye, one of his eyes is dead. He you know, he he's a he swills the alcohol and he curses like a sailor. And um he brought back two from the zoo crew. He brought back C- Captain Carrot, and it's not Carrot anymore. It's <laughs> it's K apostrophe rot, so it's Carrot. And uh Pig Iron's back. Yes. And he's not a cute pig. He's this big old friggin' muscled out boar looking dude. But, um. Just like Rocksteady? Yeah. And uh, from what I can gather, somebody ripped off Captain Carrot's leg. And now he has a cybernetic leg. And I'm guessing, I mean, considering it's Giffen, wouldn't you think a safe bet would be Lobo did it? Cause didn't Lobo have a lucky rabbit's foot back in the day? Oh, I think you're Did, right. Didn't he have that purple rabbit's foot? So I'm thinking it's Lobo that oh, did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. Which which would be perfectly appropriate for Giffen yeah. to use Lobo, right? Um, but these are loud, colorful, humorous comics. You you can you can sit back and, and they're they're chunky too. You're not going to read an issue in like 10 minutes. There's a lot of dialogue the, and it's concentrated storytelling. 
it's uh, from not, Giffen's not only using the characters from the Silver Age, he's using the approach too. I mean, the stories are pretty dense, wouldn't you say, David? Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the main story a lot more than the backup because I'm not the biggest Larflees fan. Yeah, but uh, Scott the, Collins um, illustrates um, Giffen written Larflees backups. And I haven't gotten to the second part in the second issue yet, so I don't know where what Is happened it? after the big splash, after the big reveal in the first part backup. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I, I think this is some of Rainey's best work. Oh my it, God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. I, I want to know if that real, I don't know if that's supposed to be Hulk or Ranks or Rocks in, in the first issue. <laughs> there's one, it's, for those who don't know, there's one panel where this guy, his, his just his head and yeah. part of his chest is tipped into the frame and he's got those little tiny, tiny, tiny glasses on like Ranks or Rocks wore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking it's a tip to, to Ranks or Rocks. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, I mean, I'm, Obviously, I didn't read the annual. I read the first issue, and and I'm I'm digging it. It's it's it really is the first new fifty two issue of anything that I've read in months. And, well, and I'm, let me ask you, let me interject because I'm kind of quiet. What, what prompted both of you to read this? Like like you, especially you, Vince. Like you're so Giffen. You've been. Yeah, he's got okay. that much pull with you. Yeah, one oh, word, Giffen. Him, yeah. When when I really? when I found out that Giffen was writing it, and uh, I read the synopsis of the first issue, and I heard Tom Tomorrow, and I heard Star Rovers, and yeah. st- I said, okay, it's and Cat, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty much a no brainer for me. I love Keith Giffen. There's there there are um, a handful of sure bets in the comic book world. Um, Jim Apparel. You always know you're oh. going to get a good story with Jim Apparel, right? Walt Simonson. Keith Giffen's one of those guys. I, I always know if I read a Giffen book, I, it's going to, I'm at least going to be entertained. No? You don't feel the same way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Jason? Is he on mute? What's that? Probably. I thought you were on mute. Were, were you on mute? I, I said, uh, Giffen, don't you see him as a sure thing for at least no. entertainment? Really? No. Yeah, I knew that. I mean, I like I like some of his stuff, but he's never he's never been a guy that I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be. An, it, he's definitely had. I mean, I, I mean, I think he's fine, but he's not someone I would consider can't miss. That's why I'm surprised that because it seems like it would take a like heaven and earth for you to read it, something. It, it did, and that that should show you the the, the, yeah. the, the uh, confidence I have in Keith Giffen. Yeah, but I, I mean, I love Giffen's writing a lot, but I love his art even more. And I, I recently amended my DCBS order because I found out that he was drawing an issue of uh, Masters of the Universe Presents, some, something about Hordak or something. But um, Giffen's drawing it. I'm like, damn, I'll buy that. I'll buy anything Giffen draws. Um, same thing with uh, Legion. I bought the, the last issue of Legion because Giffen drew it. I mean, I have – I am – zero invested in the new 52 legion i just don't care and uh i bought the damn issue just dc cares just because giffen Uh giffen drew it you know Uh, he's he's one of my go-to guys for for uh, he's the sure thing with me and to answer jason's question i gave it a shot because vince was talking about it and maybe i mean once he said it was i mean yes i i am a giffen fan um as long as it's not trencher and and I as soon as Dude. he said I know I did that for you and but he said it, it's rainy and it's 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 
gorgeous looking lady. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna look for it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I, like I said, I'm going in completely blind. I'm not, I mean, on the cover of the second issue is Blue Beetle. So I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, Blue Beetle's in it too. I, I don't even know if, if, if Jaime's even in the new 52. So yes. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know where this takes place. I'm going in as if, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, I'm picking up an issue of World's Finest in the late 80s and just, you know, I'm going to read it and see where it goes. And, and I don't, it, it's like that first issue of Uncanny X-Men you picked up. You, in the middle of a storyline, you had no idea where it was going. Right. That's kind of where I, I, I jumped in with this. And, and, um, it looks great. Um, it looks European, doesn't it? It, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely does. It, it's, um, you know, I, I'm not judging it on anything else DC is doing right now. I just, I'm, I'm, lost because i have no idea who the hell this call person is and i i'm in, i'm just reading it and i'll judge it on the story when when it's done yeah. so i'm so much fun i'm i'm digging it because i'm not i'm not so well, well what happened why did where's where's the rest of the guardians where's the core i don't i don't care i'm just yeah. i and and what's interesting is you know they they mention when they when they mention Jaime and and Blue Beetle and they talk about the Reach, it's it it kind of ties into one thing, not necessarily comics related that that I was going to touch on this week, and and that was um, the Reach was a big part of these last few episodes of Young Justice. And oh, really? When, and and when um, and Vince going on about the Green Lantern Corps, I just said goodbye to the most recent current modern decent Hal Jordan Green Lantern that that I cared about recently and and, and Cartoon Network and and DC Nation they last weekend or or they were the last episodes of Green Lantern the animated series and Young Justice colon invasion and uh, colon invasion hey now well yeah it was <laughs> hey uh it was um I I was I was kind of bummed seeing the end of um of the green lantern show yeah i heard they dropped that it it no i i don't think that what was cool about green lantern the animated series was that they um that they tied in they 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 were going for broke with 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 this storyline they they uh it was millennium meets crisis on infinite earths because you had manhunters working for the anti-monitor and Ooh. it was just it was it was done so well and it it was it was consistent throughout the way it looked the way it played out all the the way the characters acted um yeah when 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 this is released in however many parts they decide to do the seasons in um i wait till I, they collect I, them that that's exactly it i'm, I'm yeah. going to just wait until it's all done and and it's uh but it was i mean i uh was Carol came back for an episode. It was it 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 went out like I would have liked to have seen Young Justice. I know that um, I I loved it in the beginning, and I loved it with the five years later initially. And it Young Justice ended up becoming not must see TV for me. I would let episodes pile up for a couple of weeks before I'd finally watch it. Once Cartoon Network finally brought it back a few months ago. Um, I'm not sure what I'm not sure how I feel about how how Young Justice ended and and the people who did see it um I, Peter David wrote 
I think the second or third to last episode. That was pretty good. Uh, the, um, but the way it ended, it, it, it would have had more of an impact with me had it, um, had I not, I guess, had just, uh, a sour taste in my mouth with the way Cartoon Network handled it all and, and, um, without knowing some of the back, ground details it 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 probably would have played out better for me but i i you know you had they introduced static they like i said they 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 brought up the reach and and but some things that i started to kind of look into it a little um i started going over with a fine-tooth comb and there were some things where i just i i wanted answers that they weren't obviously they weren't going to be for i wasn't going to get and it just it kind of I guess Lost its Luster wasn't as I didn't love it at the end as much as I loved it in the beginning and yeah. uh there were some neat things here and there but overall I didn't love Young Justice at at the very end whereas Green Lantern I can watch that from beginning to end and uh and I think I would enjoy it more over episode to episode and and it it, it felt more it looked more consistent and, and right. it just it, I enjoyed it but yeah um, as I'm reading Threshold and, and they talk about Reach and there, there are just things here where I'm like you know, I'm am I going to go run out and look for Call's first appearance or anything like that probably not but I I'm I wouldn't even know where to begin well yeah but it's I'm as far as the story goes what what Giffen's doing um, I'm kind of digging it and, and Rainey can draw some very attractive women beautiful so. beautiful art yeah. um from what I can gather, uh, I won't spill any beans on issues two and three, but I loved the pre-New 52 Blue Beetle series. I thought it was great. Um, and I lasted maybe three issues into the New 52 thing. But uh, I always knew that the Reach were nasty. But right. in this, they are like the uh, supreme badasses. I mean, when when Blue Beetle enters the game... People just move the hell out of the way. You know, oh, it's, it's okay. just like, holy yeah. shit, is that a reach agent? And it's just like oil and water just spreads the people away from him. Yeah, they, they don't want anything to do with him. He's, the reach is that nasty. I was like, wow. I, you know, I knew they were, they were hard to deal with, but I didn't think they were, it was like this. But it was, so that's cool. Um, and, and the Larflees backups are fun. Uh, no, you know, it, there, I think he's a, they say he's the breakout character from, um, the Green Lantern stuff, but I don't know. He seems pretty one note to me. Like oh, he's, he he's, he's narcissistic. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, it's all about me. Yeah. It's all, yeah. The and, whole... uh, the, this, to set up the story, his cache of valuables gets stolen. And, right. and that's, that's, the story moves from there. Like he's trying to find who stole his, valuables and you know whatever but i mean it's fun um i i don't put too much stock in it it's a nice little backup but if it was if that was the series i don't think i'd be reading it so but yeah check it out the hunted it's it's a it's a fun book from dc there you go it's i don't think you need any more uh giffen himself said in an interview three issues to date and the uh new guardians annual if you want to get the complete story um Giffen said that, you know, there's no, uh, he has no 
other thing he wants to accomplish with this series other than making fun comics. And you can tell by reading it. It's it's just unpretentious, straightforward, no holds barred, fun spacefaring action. That's that's what it is. And 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 I I, I thought it was really really good. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Let's check the clock. Hey, we got some time left. For in your travels, ah, Jason. What the hell? What are you? What, you're quiet. He is quiet. Is he even there? He's peeing, dude. I am currently on two calls simultaneously. <laughs> He's a mover and a shaker, yo. So I'm on mute right now. I've been listening, but I have one phone in one ear and the other in the other. Oh my goodness! What that are you yeah. doing? That's the hotness. NC, it's our. It's 26 years straight of an NCAA tournament draft. What we do. <laughs> So, <laughs> bear, bear with me. Jason's our oracle. We should, we should probably uh, do an In Your Travels and wrap this up. Then. We should. Uh, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, tcbservice.com. You can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at Wumba Discounts, 35 to 75% off. Check them out because they are the best. DCBService.com and... It is that time of year again. Another convention of which you should be aware on May 11th. Do not miss out on the Midwest's best comic book conventions. It's the Appleseed Show. (gasps) Hosted in the very town where Johnny Appleseed's corpse was laid to rest. Yes, Fort Wayne, Indiana. 100 creators and is a show dedicated to comics and the comics community. Mike Norton, Tom Scholey, Ryan Brown. Oh my goodness. $10 gets you in. And if you buy your ticket in advance, you get an 11 by 17 print by artist Dave Wachter, who I'm very happy to report has been featured on the back cover of the recent Heavy Metal magazine. That's nice. awesome. Yes. You know, it's the illustration with the dude sitting on the turtle's back. Remember the one that he put on his, on his, on his blog? The, the half of the creatures out of the water and the dude is sit. Indian Silent. It's a beautiful, beautiful illustration. They were so smart to put that on their magazine. Kudos to Dave Wachter. And you can get a print from him if you pre-order your your ticket for the Appleseed Show. Uh, To check out the guest list, announcements, purchase tickets, and more, go to AppleseedCon.com. Okay? Okay. In your travels, uh, Regardless of the fact whether or not you are a fan of the 1961 King Brothers film Gorgo, which was recently released on Blu-ray by the fine folks at VCI, you need to pick up the first volume of Steve Ditko's Monsters from uh, Craig Yo and the people at IDW. It is a huge, thick-ass, full-color hardcover. It has one of the most tactile covers i've ever experienced it's really neat there's like a uh like a snake skin pattern uh to the to the uh clear coat on this cover but there are some areas where they just do a spot varnish so you have tactile 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 area and then you get to this super smooth slick areas it's a beautifully designed book it's craig yo i mean that's almost redundant right to say that but it's uh ditko's entire run on uh gorgo for carlton comics and it's great it's printed on deliciously toothy paper uh over 200 pages and it goes for 
$34.99 for the hardcover, but you can get it a lot less on Amazon. I ordered the Gorgo and the Companion volume, which they're collecting all of the Conga series. So uh, this was written by Joe Gill, drawn by Steve Ditko. Do I have to say anything else? Steve Ditko. you got to buy it. Do it. Yeah. It's a beautiful book. Get it. Um, I got a, a tasty little book in the mail this week. Um, the new Rocketeer Cargo of Doom. Dun, dun, dun. By Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Somney, yes. Nice. I didn't know if that was the Somney one, but cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I'm actually about halfway through it now. And, you know, it is so, um, it has so much reverence for, for Dave Stevens in, in its storytelling. It, it reads as, as a Rocketeer story should. It just, it, it hits all of the right beats, and you can tell that Wade has has so much respect for Dave Stevens and 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 these characters and what they do and and while Chris is a very different artist than than Dave Stevens was um you you kind of feel that that same kind of reverence for for the characters and it's it's definitely Somni doing his interpretation of them but there is um um still a very classic feel to them it, it feels uh it feels old and classic but these are new stories for the rocketeer it, really fantastic and idw you know yet again another this is, uh, two weeks in a row uh last week was the uh the alex toth art book art book which i got the second one uh genius illustrated in the mail this week so um get more of that you know idw continues to put out some amazing quality work they make everybody look bad you know they they do a damn fine job yeah i you you can't you can't deny it they just continue to do really nice work and uh really conscious of the presentation yeah present well not just presentation or Uh, content too what what, what's in between the covers uh are, are it's really good work and this is um you know we all know there, there are companies out there that will take up a property and they'll crap out a few issues of something and it lives on the name and you want it to be good. And it's not. Dynamite. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. There are some publishers that will crap out some stuff. Um, IDW, for the most part, has not done that. Uh, everything that they that they put out is it's it's pretty quality. You know, Boom is doing that with the with the Ape stuff, and, oh, yeah. and IDW has certainly certainly done that with uh, with Rocketeer and their amazing artist collection. So, so yeah, um, uh, uh, the Rocketeer uh, and the Cargo of Doom by uh, by Mark Wade and Chris Somney. If you have not read it, and you have any interest in the Rocketeer, you should check this out. It is uh, it's pretty fantastic. Yay. There you go. Uh, I'm going to um, say, well, aside from the private eye that we all talked about, I, um, you know what? I'm going to go back to The Indestructible Hulk by Mark Wade and Lanil Yu. I'm still enjoying that quite a bit. It's it's different than uh, the the Peter David stuff and uh, and other Hulk books you um you may have read over the years. This is um, I'm I'm kind of enjoying Wade's take on Banner and Hulk and working for Shield and and 
and Maria Hill and things like that. It's it's good stuff. Cool. Jason's not there. I'm here, brother. There you go. <laughs> okay, so check it. I got three things for your ass. I oh see my goodness! I got so I got three things for you. First one is in your travels, pick up. We've already talked about the comic Adventure Time, but the math, the mathematical edition, which is the hardcover version with some extras in it, was awesome. And I'm going to collect it now in that version. There's a volume two soon to be solicited. So that's what you can buy now and read. But I also want you to, in your travels, pre-order two books near and dear to our hearts. Uh, one is Super Mag, published by our friend Mr. Chris Pitzer and it this is Jim Rugg's uh this is at Ad House Books. Jim Rugg uh is putting out a fifty six page uh four color comic for ten bucks that is a collection of some of the stuff he's been up to in the last year or two. So that looks awesome. And then last but not least, Walrus by Mr. Brandon Graham, his first ever art book by Picture Box, which is a must read as well. Hundred and twelve pages, full color twenty bucks. Hook it up. I have complied with both of your wishes, young Jason. And he's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> so got it's, got some dra- it's got some drafting to do. Oh, boy. Hey, Chris, uh, before we <laughs> yes, go, sir. I was thinking uh-huh. about you the other day. Oh, really? Actually, last night. Um, I love... I'm scared. I love huge DVD sets. Huge, oh God, huge, okay. cheap so ass. I'm, I'm glad you said. I heard huge. Yeah, that was. No, no, no. And I love huge DVD sets. Stuff like Mill Creek, how they do those fifty movie sets for like nine ninety five. Those nuts. They they just get get anything they can get their hand on pertaining to a certain theme and throw it on this on the discs. The the transfers are not necessarily good, but whatever. You get what you pay for, right? Um, I bought a set called Sci Fi TV. Ooh. It's sixty hours for nine ninety five. It's got stuff like f- the old Flash Gordon serials on it. Um, you know, like uh, Rocketeer esque heroes from back in the day. But there is a animated show on there from nineteen sixty one called Scott McCloud Space Angel, <laughs> and it is. V- what they did was remember how Marvel did the limited animation for their first shows like they would take static drawings and just move them across yeah, yeah, the screen sure. and that was animation um <laughs> what what the, what these guys did they erased all the mouths on the characters faces and they uh well what would have passed for the green screen back then they put human speaking mouths over mm-hmm. over the the drawing right oh like the clutch cargo stuff Yes, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, holy crap, these drawings are fantastic. Wait wait a minute. You know who drew it? I, who? Alex Toth. Uh, all, all, all of the drawings are Alex Toth, and then you got these human mouths on them, and the, the, the female is so freaking hot because it's an Alex Toth drawing, right? And then you get this mouth, and, and they, they probably made all the actors wear this thick lipstick even the dudes because their lips are all pooched out and they're all bright red and it it's just it's it's wacky when you see it so if you want to see some really strange animated show based on Alex Toth's drawings 
look for this this sci-fi set it's got uh buster crab as flash gordon on the front of it it's only 10 bucks and it's like 60 hours of stuff well you know i I just mentioned the the alex toth uh the second book i mean these art books are each one is you know the big like oversized like dc absolute edition size and they're absolutely gorgeous in presentation and um they're going to do three of them you know the each one is as big as as any one artist would get for a, a career retrospective art book and so i think it it speaks to um um the importance of alex toth as as a cartoonist and and as you know one of the one of the pillars in in comics history that he has three of these and and I got yeah. to think about it and and I think that Jason had brought up the um the who's on your Mount Rushmore and did any of us say Alex Toth and I if think not so, yeah. if not then shame on us shame for shame it's you know he is he's one of the Rushmore guys you know it's he's absolutely Absolutely, a a cornerstone, yep. a pillar creator in in this in this medium that we love, and and these books that IDW are putting out are just amazing. If you can if you can get, they're not that expensive. If you order them through uh, you know in stock trades or or Amazon, you should you should get them and study them and fall in love with them. Just for the Zorro stuff is amazing. Yeah. Oddly enough, David. Um, the the Space Angel show was produced by the same people that did Clutch Cargo. No, no. <laughs> yes, Cambria Productions, yeah, okay. and the sure. uh, the lip sync technique is called Synchrovox. Isn't that cool, Synchrovox? Let's just paste a human mouth on this drawing. But Chris, I'm I'm curious to see if the uh, IDW books mention the uh, the Space Angel show. Um, I bet I bet you they uh, do at one point. When what 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 year? Sixty one. Hold on. Oh, he's going to look. Yeah, I got it right here. Real time, people. You can't get this any other place. Yeah, because um, the, the second book goes into into the 60s. God, it's so beautiful. Um, Space Angel? Space Angel. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, 62. 62 to 64. 62. The, di- the disc has it wrong. It says 61 on the disc, but it's 62. When is this? Oh, no, actually, nope, nope. Second volume starts in 1963. Go to the other book. Oh, they're so heavy. <laughs> Podcast so Verite. All Love it. So, 60, 62? 62. Space Angel? Space Angel. He's got an eye patch, too. Big ass, mean eye patch. Uh, Rip Hunter, House of Mystery, Rip Hunter, again, Pictorial Encyclopedia of American History, and Schoolgirls Picture Library. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Uh no 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 space angel. Aww, uh no. let me let me see if it's got it in the next one. It may have been off by a year. These books are so pretty. There's so many. Um they do um IDW did uh, a book on Kenneth. Yes. That is it's equally awesome. You 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 should you should own this. If you are a comic book fan, you need to own that Kenneth book. If I know uh Chris Real and IDW, they're probably gonna slipcase all three they to- are. They've already books. fucking got it in solicited in oh, here. Really? Uh, yeah. the uh, the third The third book is uh, guess what it's called. the The first one was uh, um, Genius Isolated. This is Genius Illustrated. What's the third one going to be? 
what was he known for outside of comics? Mm, this is a tough call. What was he known for outside of comics? Genius animated. Yes, sir. Boom. Yep, exactly. Genius animated, and it's got Space Ghost on. Oh, on. you know, Space Angel's going to be in that then. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. Um, let me see here. Space Angel. Uh, it looks like no Twilight Zone. It'll be in there. I have faith. Okay. It's so yeah, bad. The, though. Yeah, but the the third one is uh, is going to be uh, Genius Animated, and that uh, looks like it's coming out this year. And then there will be um, a a slipcase collection. And that's that, the uh, way I will buy it. Feel a little a little chipped that I'm buying them individually, and I'm not going to get the uh, the pretty slipcase. But that's okay. Uh, I wish someone. Uh, it would be nice if Tomorrow's collected all those uh, hand. Uh, lettered correspondences he had in there. Remember, David? They would have a uh, an Alex Toth page where he just hand wrote it with that little goofy um, character that he always put next to the like. Yep. It looked like a shmoo or something with like yes. a cross between that and a bird. Yeah, it was cool stuff. Yeah, um, you know, uh, well documented uh, his relationship with uh, Michael Avenomin. Um, of you know, powers and 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 other stuff, and uh, one of my uh, we talked with with Oming years and years ago, and uh, said it was a big wake up call to him whenever he uh, got a letter from uh, from Toth, and uh, kind of uh, very curtly said that he needed to to roll up his prayer mat to Bruce Tim. And find his own style, and ah. you know what? Uh, and then God, it's been you know well documented on the internet. Just um, just Google Alex Toth, Steve Rude, and there is a, a critique of a Steve Rude page that that Toth really kind of rips Rude a, a new asshole on. The man was brutally honest. He was brutally honest. Yep. And and you would it's it's a it's a nice page, and you're like. Yeah, I can see that being in any comic book, and and Toth just absolutely eviscerates him on on so many things. And you're just like, you know what? Yeah, he saw things that that most people didn't. He understood. He understood the page. He understood the the visual language of comics, and he was one of the great great teachers of that. And the thing he did, man, if you wrote him a letter, he would write you back. I yep. don't think it mattered who you were. He aspired to higher standards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you can it's, see it uh, in the work, really. Oh, oh. So I I can't wait to, and and it's you know God, it's I got about fifty pounds of Alex Toth books sitting on my lap right now. Cannot wait to go through these this summer, and and just you know hopefully be a sponge and just absorb the the awesome out of them. Leave it for the one night that I I'm doing something else simultaneously that Chris decides he wants to go along. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, somebody had to pick up the slack, Jason. Damn. This is true. There you go. I'm done. All right, people. Thank you for being here, and as usual, we'll be back next week, same time, same channel, and we love you so much. Don't bye. listen to them, it's true, we love you. Love you. Say bye, David. Bye, David. <laughs> Peace out. Oh, if you didn't say it. George and Gracie. Call me. Call me. Bye-bye. Peace out.